How's everybody doing today? I don't uh, like carrying my wallet and all that stuff around. Sometimes I end up with stuff in my pockets I didn't expect to bring. I, stuff that I am, uh, you know, not always planning to carry with me. Uh, um, my name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors at Crossroads and uh, really excited to be here with you today. We've been in a seven-week series. This is week seven. You're like, so it's over, right? After today, it's over. We'll have a new fun one starting next week. Um, strangers in a new world, because uh, the more and more we talk about it, we've realized that our world is changing, uh, at least how we have to act and move and navigate things, and it's not always the same as it was, and so to try to do things the exact same way before doesn't always work, and in the season that we've been in, it's been challenging. It's been restrictive. It's been um, painful in lots of different ways. It's been turbulent, and uh, so to go through a large season like that and not learn anything would be terrible. It would be wasteful, and in, in the process, we believe that God wants us to learn something in the experiences that we're going through and not to miss them. In the, I've been pastoring for a little over 20 years, and I usually get one question that circles around when these types of things come up. Why did God do this to me? Or why would God let this happen to me? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You ever asked somebody, go like, I don't get it. Like, why? Why doesn't God just step in and just do the fairy wand thing? Why doesn't he just change things to be the way that I would like it or to make it easier? Or like, I don't like the pressure that I'm in right now, and I wish he would just deliver me from it. I don't know why he doesn't do that. Maybe you've been more upfront and had conversations with Jesus that were truthful and painful. David had one in Psalms. He said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? David felt abandoned. He felt like he was alone. He says, why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, but you don't answer. Every night I lift my voice and I find no relief. David is expressing what we go through. He's saying, I feel like I'm screaming for help, but you're not helping me. At least you're not helping me when and how and all those things like I want it to be. David was living life. It's an okay thing to have that conversation with God because you'll find David was just feeling the feelings. Have you ever felt the feelings? You're like, man, they're just a little, just give them a minute. They'll be, you give David just a minute. You read a little farther down in Psalm 22, and he's telling his friends like, oh, the amazing things of God. And if you could go anywhere, I would turn to God. I would run to him because he is your strong fortress. He is your deliverer. He's the one. Go to God. So was David not really feeling those things? No, he was. But then in a minute he goes, wait, who's got me here? God has got me here. I felt that way, especially in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the storms of life. Why we focus so much on the problems instead of our deliverer is part of what gives us the biggest challenge. God not only uses the fires that we're in to deliver us, but he uses them to purify us. 
He uses them to make us more like him. Those fires are not to be wasted. He will use those fires. He doesn't leave us on our own. He goes through them with us. We're going to talk about that today. That when you're in the fire of your life, when you're in the most challenging time, you don't have to be alone. And when you're in the fire of your life, God is actually going to do something in you to make you more like him. In Daniel chapter 3, there's a story of three young guys. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they refused to bow down to the king and his idol and all his stuff. They said, not going to happen. And it ended up that the king was so mad, he said, let's throw them in the fire. But not just the regular fire that burns at like 450 degrees. Let's crank it up seven times. I don't even know how you do that. I'm not sure how you make fire hotter than hot. But it says that they did that. They cranked it up seven times. I don't know who was measuring it, if they had like a meter and it was like, this far, no, no, keep going. But it was so hot, the guys who threw them in died. That's hot. And these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were thrown into the fire, who said, we will not bow down to yours because we know that our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. That's courage. That's character. That's knowing who you're going with. You're saying, I'm with God. He's with me. He's my king. We sang earlier, he's my king. If he's your king, you go, like, I can't bow to another king. He's, he's with me. And whether he does something that helps me or not, I'm staying with him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go in the fire, all tied up. Just takes a couple seconds. They're not tied up anymore. Here's what it says. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors. He says, weren't there three guys we tied up and threw into the fire? You shouldn't be missing your numbers here. He goes, we threw in three, right? I'm not crazy. And they said, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed. And it says, and the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. See, Nebuchadnezzar didn't know yet, but the Son of God was there. The Old Testament teaches us that, that that's a, a Jesus showing himself before Jesus came to the earth, that he was alive. It says he was the one who helped create everything. Jesus has always been, just like God has always been. Jesus stood with them in the fire. He was the angel of the Lord. In the midst of their challenges, in the midst of their pain, not only did the fire not hurt them, God showed himself right in the middle of their situation. I don't know what they talked about, but that would have been a cool conversation. What are you doing today, Jesus? Well, I heard there was a bit of a fire. I thought I would come. What kind of conversations can we have with God in the fire? We know it was Jesus who was there. But he even let them be thrown in the fire. He didn't stop them from going into the fire. Sometimes we're praying and we're wanting and we're upset at God because he doesn't stop the challenges, the fires of our life. He doesn't promise to stop the fires of our life. That's not in the Bible. That's not something he says. He says, there'll never be a problem that comes to you. You'll never be in challenges, trials, temptations, fires. That will never come into your life. That's not something he ever says. But he says, I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. 
People ask Jesus, they're like, hey, how come this guy's going through this challenge? How come he's going through this fire in his life? How come he's sick and going through all these things? And Jesus said, it's not that this guy sinned. It's not even that his parents sinned, but that the works of God would be displayed in him. He goes, sometimes things just happen. And he goes, God's going to show himself strong. He did in this young man's life. These times, they will either refine us or they'll define us. These times will be the stories of our life and they'll always be a down story. They'll define the, the tragedy and the bad things or they'll refine us and they'll make us more like God. Jesus himself shows us that through the suffering and the pain, fire produces things that we can learn from. In Hebrews 8, because you're like, Jesus should kind of get it all, right? But it says that he came fully God, fully man, so that he could experience the way life we, the way we do. And it says, son, though he was Jesus, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Even Jesus had the opportunity to grow and learn and prove the good things that were inside of him. See, when the refiner takes gold, I happen to bring a little gold with me today. It doesn't, it doesn't start out like this. You don't just uh, dig in the ground. You're like, oh, they come in bars. And they even say, this is how much it weighs. And they're all shiny. You don't, I don't find those at my house. If they are, let's go digging and I'll go with you. Often it's dirty. It's mixed with impurities, other types of metals that want to cling to it and compete with it, and minerals. The metals are resistant from letting go. They're like, we've been living together like this for so long. We're kind of a family. We're not letting go. I don't know about you, but that's kind of what my life looks like a little bit. I'm not as clean as I should be. There are competing things in my life that just don't want to let go. They want to take my sole focus off of him. And I have a hard time letting go of the things I should let go of sometimes. Maybe you find that true in your life. So what does the refiner do? Crank up the heat. He turns the heat up a little bit. Not because he wants to hurt the gold. The heat is the thing that displaces those that cling to it that try to sap its value away, that try to make it less and less reflective of its maker. So turn up the heat, turn up the heat, and then just wipe away the things that are keeping it from being its truest form, its purest form, its most valuable form. God's desire is to help us get rid of all the junk, the sinful leftovers from our past life through the fires we go through until only his reflection can be seen. If I look in this, I can see myself. When God looks at you, he should be able to see himself. When other people look at your life refined by God, they should be able to go, I see Jesus in their lives. And if they don't see Jesus in your life, he says, we should probably crank up the heat a little bit. It's not fun, but he goes, the goal is to continue to get the things out of our life that hurt us, that harm us, that make us less and less like him. And he says one of the best ways to do that is through the fire. This gold bar, by the way, it's not real. 
If it was, this kilogram would be worth $65,000. Just this little, it would be a lot heavier too. <laughs> but I thought I'd give you an idea of what they look like-ish, you know, instead of breaking out my own Fort Knox. Um, <laughs> but the same amount of gold that would be unrefined would be worth far less because of the impurities, because of the dirt, because of the, the mixed metals, it wouldn't have the same value. But this one, this example of one, has been treated and it's been purified. It's to its highest form. It's to its highest value. Jesus desires to do that in our lives. He desires to bring us to our highest form, our highest value. And the things that we have a hard time letting go of or the things that are holding on to us and we're trying to shake them loose, but we can't. He says, let me help you. He desires to use those fires that we go through to help change us, not to hurt us. See what Peter says to one of his friends. He says, trials and challenges, those, those are real. He says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Peter's like, they're coming. Trials. He goes, but hey, what? guess what? They're just for a little while. They will end. All of them will end. It won't be for forever. This season we're going through, it will end. Sure, they all take longer than we want them to, but they'll end. And as you come out of them, you should be more and more refined, more and more like the maker. In Psalm 66, they go, we've recognized this. We've seen this in our life. It says, for you, you God, you tested us. You refined us like silver. You refined us. You put us in a process where you took out the impurities and make us more like you. Recently, I went through a process of refining and it wasn't fun. There's so many things in life that we don't have control over. And in the process, God does work inside of us. In February 2018, God spoke to me and about potentially helping launch a campus in Syracuse, about reaching out, about helping lost people come to know him, all things you get excited about. And in September 2019, with lots of great help and people, we launched there. Who would know that in six months, COVID would stop in-house church gatherings? Who would, who would know those things? And as we sit back and look and are really unsure of when we'll have an opportunity, if we'll ever have an opportunity to do that, we've had to close the chapter on that season. Do you hear what I'm saying? God said, that dream is over for now. And if it does open back up, you may or may not be picked to be on that team. That's him saying that. He says, you're mine to use how I want to use you. He goes, we're not there, so let's just talk about now. Can I tell you how that feels when a dream ends or when something you're excited about or what you're doing stops? It doesn't feel good, right? How many of you, God's asked you to do something or, or something in your life you've been doing, you've been passionate about a job, a business, and things end, and then you go, I don't understand this. And I don't understand, God, if you knew what was going to happen, why would, you, why would you start something to end in six months? 
And he reminded us. He was like, I was refining your lives and other people's lives in that process. It was not a waste of time. And even in the coming out and allowing that thing to end, he was refining me. He said, why don't you set aside all your ambitions, all your desires, all your pride? He goes, obedience is all I've ever asked for, Joe. That's what success is. Success is not having thousands of people attend a service or this or that. He goes, obedience is all that is what equates to success. You do what I ask you to do. That's it. The rest is up to me. It's my church. I'm the head of the church. You start to go like, oh, okay. I just, yeah. So I'm just supposed to just say yes today and then tomorrow and it comes, I just say yes to whatever you want me to do tomorrow. And he goes, yeah, it's like that for everybody. He goes, the things I asked you to do 18 months ago, I'm not asking you to do today. In fact, if you were trying to do those things, you'd be disobedient. Can you be disobedient doing a good thing for God? He goes, I I felt like he was saying, yeah, you could. I know where I want to use you. I know where I want to put you. I know what I want to do. It's my church. I'm the head of the church. So getting an opportunity to allow God to refine me, to get rid of pride and assumptions and desires and those things, yeah, that's fun. But what it is, is it, it refines me to make me more like him. It allows me to be more flexible and moldable to, to who he wants me to be, what he wants me to do. Did you know that the more pure gold is, the more malleable, the more bendable it is? Because it's actually a soft metal. Are our hearts soft? And are we open to allow God to shape us into the form that he wants you? Because you can take really great gold and put it in lots of different settings. Lots of different sizes, lots of different things, because gold will take that shape. But not if it's filled with a bunch of other junk. Here's a few reasons why we avoid refining. The first one is the fire is scary. Like, it's just scary. It's scary to be in the middle of the fire in our life, the, f- the middle of testing, the middle of trials, the middle of challenges. Like, just looking at the literal fires, it's scary because they move and they go how they do and we don't have control over them. We get filled with fear. I know it's easy to, to be a person of faith and quite quickly be sitting in a pool of fear. You didn't intend to be there, But before you know it, this thought led to that thought, led to this thought, and now you're just so scared, you're frozen. Isaiah says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Don't be scared. He goes, we're going to go through some crazy seasons here. He goes, well, don't worry. They're not going to take you out. I'm going to be with you. We have to trust who is refining us and that he has our best intentions. Is God good? If he is, then we can trust that in the midst of the fires, he's got it. Psalm 145a says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. Do you know how many of us sometimes think that he is not 
slow to anger, but that he's quick to anger for us. We think that God is ready to slap us and get us and chop you because you were bad or you did something wrong. But it says he's slow to do that. He's rich in love. He's quick to love us. He's quick to forgive us. He's slow to be filled with anger. Sometimes we have to spend more time to understand who he is because he's not a mean, angry God. It says the Lord is good to all. You're part of all. I'm part of all. He's good to us. And it says he has compassion on all he made. I'm thankful for that. In James it says, you know, these seasons of trial and the things that we learn, it says every good and perfect gift, it comes from him. He's the giver of good gifts, not the bad gifts. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, he doesn't change like shifting shadows. He gives good gifts. Sometimes that gift isn't what we asked for, but it's a good gift. Another reason why we avoid refining is fires are just, they're so discomforting. They're so uncomfortable. They're so not what we asked for and what we planned. They interrupt our life. I had plans here, God. Like I had a, this is not part of the five-year plan, this whole thing you're doing here. Like I'm trying to be my best, God, and you're getting in the middle of it with this whole fire thing. I don't like that. Because the fire interrupts our life and it forces us to change. But if God's purposes are to use us for the purposes that he created us for, to love him and to love his people, then we should allow him to change the plans. When we surrender to his plan for our lives, we can escape the fires without even the smell of smoke or even a single singed hair, like the three young men in chapter Daniel 3. When does the fire hurt you? The fire can hurt you most when you run from it. When you run from the challenges and the trials that God has you in, you know what you actually do a lot of the time? How many kids kids in here, they teach you at school what to do if you catch on fire? Run? Run? No, stop. Drop, roll. Put that thing out. The more you run, the more you add oxygen to that fire. The more problems you create. There's a great example. If you want to read it, it's in the Old Testament. It's the story of the Israelites. You know what they're in there for? They're in there to show us who we are. We're runners. We don't like problems. God delivered them from Egypt, and they're like, yeah, this desert thing isn't that great. Remember you were going to take us someplace cool, like Disneyland or something? where all the food was good and the grapes were huge. It was supposed to be awesome. This doesn't feel like that. What was he doing? He was refining them. And that period of time was only supposed to be for one year. Do you know how long it ended up being? Yeah, 40. And the whole generation who was running never got in. They all died in the desert. Sometimes we need to stop running from the fire and we need to run to him in the midst of the fire because he says he's with us. And in the middle of that fire, the fire that we hate so much, he says, I want to purify you and I want to refine you. I want to make you more like me. Would you just surrender? 
You're like, but this doesn't work for me and my schedule, and this doesn't work for my plans, and this is uncomfortable, and this is scary. I don't like it. And he goes, I know. I know. But I love you. But I love you. And I'm with you. I'm not asking you to go on the crazy, scary ride at the amusement park and just watch him from the side like, good luck. He says, I'll sit next to you. I'll strap up. Like, we'll go together. The other reason we hate the fires is they're unexpected. Because we don't see it coming, it hits us harder. If you ever had one of your friends, you're like, hit me, hit me right here. Hit me right here. Well, you prepare for it. But have you ever been sucker punched in the same place? It takes all of your wind away. Sometimes the fires that come in our life, they just, they knock us out real quick. Because we didn't see them coming and we weren't prepared. But we can get back up. And just because we didn't expect it, doesn't mean we shouldn't expect it. Can you listen to this? Maybe you're not in the moment of a fire and a challenge and a trial in your own personal life right now. But the Bible says they come. And they're coming. There's something we can expect. Because we can expect God to continue a good work in us. We can expect him to continue to refine us in these moments of challenge, even though they're not all of his making. In Daniel, you know, there, I've heard more and more people talk about the times are ending. Soon Jesus will come back. I'm good for that. Jesus, I love him. He's great. If he wants to come back and take us home to heaven, okay. But if not, until he shows up, until he's on his horse or whatever, I've got work to do, right? We're supposed to be living for today and doing what he's asked us to do and be ready. And when he shows up, he's like, oh, you guys have to stop working. Not like, we were already stopped working. We thought you were coming sometime soon, so we were just getting ready and packing our bags and double-checking a few things. He's like, no, you're supposed to be in the middle of the work. That's how it works. But in Daniel, who is talking about the end, Daniel's this, this book in chapter 12, he's talking about those end times. He says, many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will still be the wicked. They're going to continue to be wicked. And it says, none of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise, they will understand. He says, God's going to continue to purify us, to, to remove the things from inside of us that compete for his love, and his rule in our life. He says, I'm going to help you continue to sift that away so that you might accurately reflect me. That as you come into contact with other people, that you would shine brightly, that they would see Jesus in the midst of our lives. And 1 Peter 4, he says, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you. See, we read these, but then we're like, when it happens, we still are surprised. But he's telling you now, so everybody just go like, okay, I'm preparing myself for that next time. Don't be surprised, because it's coming. Why they come, how they come, I don't know all that, but I know that they do. He says, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. He says, it's exciting when you start to reflect Jesus. It's exciting when people start to see Jesus in your life. 
He goes, don't be, don't be surprised if more things come into your life that give you an opportunity to allow those things to move through. So I'm going to ask you to think about this. What areas in your life might God want to be refining? Might he want to be sifting out some of the stuff that competes for his first place in your life? What things in there might be from this old way of living, but this Christ follower life, this one that says Jesus is first, it's a different life and it has different things in it. Are there some of those things from the past or those things that nobody knows about, but they need to be moved out? What would he want to refine in your life today? How might he make you reflect him more? Are there things in your life like mine, like pride, or is it selfishness? Is it these different things that make you think about me, 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 and my advancement and my advancement instead of others and their safety and their health and their advancement? Jesus was all about that. Instead of walking around with his robe and how's everybody doing and shaking hands and kissing babies, it wasn't about him being the king. It was about him living like a good king should about healing the sick and freeing the captives and helping everybody know, rich or poor, that God's love was for them right where they were at. Are we willing to trust God as we go through the fire? And do we believe that he'll be with us? Those are some questions I'd love for you to think about. I want to share a few resources with you, things that as I've been preparing over the last month that have encouraged me. A couple songs I think music, it reinforces, it strengthens our beliefs. Um, there's a song, Refiner's Fire by Maverick City, and another an, called Another in the Fire by Hillsong United. They're both fantastic songs that remind you of what he says, and that, hey, even if you're in the fire, he's with you. And, and the one by Maverick City says, like, God, I want you to refine me. Take the parts in me that are no good. Come, have your way. It's a song really of surrender, like, you're the refiner. Like, do your work in me. And then I, I did a 30-day reading plan called Refined, Finding Joy in the Midst of the Fire. I did that on the Bible app. Um, so it's just a few verses each day and a little introduction to talk about it. Those are some things that I was doing to go like, God, how, as you're refining me, how do I help make it through this? How do I keep my thoughts on the right things? How do I stay positive and moving forward? Can I pray for you this morning? Jesus, I thank you so much that your love for us is deep. And it's wide. That you know exactly what we're going through. And you choose to be with us in the middle of our fires. In the middle of our challenges. In the middle of the biggest in most scary moments in our life, you don't run from us, you run to us. Jesus, would you help us not to run from you, but to embrace you and embrace the opportunity for you to make us more like you? Would you help us to reflect you, Jesus? Would you help us to think about others the way you think about others? God, would you help us not to just to love you, but to love others? Would you help us to be people who are focused around the things that you're focused around, God? And to do that, that that requires you to continue to refine us. That in the middle of our fires, that you come and sift away some of those parts that are, they just don't work. And they just don't look like you. 
Jesus, today, we choose to surrender our lives. We choose to invite you in the middle of our moments of fire, our, our challenges, our trials, and our temptations, and we ask you to strengthen us. Help us to be obedient to you and to surrender our lives so that you might come through and, and wipe clean those areas that we need to get rid of. God, it's going to require us to make choices each day to say, no, I'm living a refined life. I'm living one that reflects my maker because I know that I have a purpose in my life. God, would you speak to us about the purposes you've made us for, God, about loving you and loving other people? There may be some who are watching with us online that a whole relationship with God is a new thing for you, or maybe you're here today. I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody on our team and say, I'm really interested in talking about what that's like. I've never done that before, and I don't really know Jesus as much, but I know that my life is not going the right direction. And I'm in the middle of a fire, and I need help. I feel like I am alone. If that's you, we have a number you can text online for our staff, or you can find me at the end of the service if you're in the room. Jesus, would you change us this week? Would you make us more like you? Would you help us to not let any fire go to waste, but that we would embrace the changes in what you're doing in us, God? We love you, and we thank you that you loved us first. In Jesus' name, amen.